0: so fun being part of a spiritual community, a church that believes in the miraculous and the power of God and the presence of God, that Jesus is still healing today just like he did when he walked the earth. Amen? And hungering for that is the key. The Bible says eagerly pursue and desire the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants to, needs to be known, needs to know that we want Him. And we want His involvement in our, in our worship. Otherwise it's just a two-dimensional clap fest and then we just leave. But we want heaven and earth to meet every time we come together. So one of the things that I've been specifically asking for It's for an increase of spontaneous miracles and healings when we gather. We have prayer teams that come down front, and people come down for prayer. But I'm also asking the Lord to do things without anybody's help but yours. And so last week, Augie uh, grabbed me and said, I got a testimony for you, and I want you to hear his testimony. And then we're going to pray for the sick, all right? Listen to this.
1: Good morning. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, James Earl Jones has nothing on Augie. I'll
1: I'll, I'll tone it back a little bit. So uh, for about two weeks, I had excruciating knee knee pain. Even walking up those stairs would have been extremely painful. And I live on a second-story apartment. So you can imagine for days on end, it was a dread to have to walk up my stairs. It hurt to sit. It hurt to lay down. It hurt to stand up. It was painful. I was even looking at calling my doctor to possibly schedule surgery. It was intense. As John was finishing up his big ask sermon, I came down here to receive prayer.
0: SK, by the way.
1: Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I got to enunciate. Sorry. For
0: the visitors, I just wanted to make sure you heard that correctly.
1: <laughs> I came down here, stood in line, ready to receive prayer for healing. And that's when the spirit spoke to me and said, what are you doing? I've already healed you. Go home. And I was still in pain at that moment, and I thought, okay, I'm going home. I went home. I went to the gym. I worked out. Still a little bit of pain, but by the time I got home and woke up that next morning, it was gone.
0: <laughs> Nothing since. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So let's do this. A uh, strong teaching team here at the Gathering Place Church and one of the gifts we have is uh, Jesse, who led worship for us today. And Jesse graduated from Raymond Bible College. He's been a youth pastor in numerous churches around the world, Alaska, LA, and down south. And uh, God called he and his um, his his wife uh, to be our children's pastor, Julie. And Jesse uh, is Jesse and Julie are just so precious. They have hearts of gold, and they are anointed. And I love Jesse's teaching gifts. So let's welcome Jesse Miller as he comes and brings the word to us today. There he is. Snuck up on me. Good morning. Good
2: morning. Good to see everybody this morning. I bet you didn't know it was BYOB Sunday, Bring Your Own Blanket. A little little chilly this morning, but uh, it's good to be here it's good to be in God's house. You know, whenever they have school let out, they don't, they don't uh, turn on the, the heat or the air force usually. So it gets a little bit cold, but it uh, looks like everybody's bundled up pretty well. I'm going to talk this morning about how to finish well. How to end well. How to finish well. You know, a lot of sermons have been preached on how to start something. How to begin. how to, God began a good work, but there's not a lot of teaching on how to end something but we're going to look at the word and see what it says about ending things today. So there was a young man that once asked his father, he said, what's the difference between complete and finished? And his dad said, well, when you marry the right person, you're complete, but when you marry the wrong person, you're finished. So a good definition there. And then I read this somewhere. It said the, the definition of a good sermon is that it has a good beginning and it has a good ending, but the the two are as close together as possible, so I'll work on that for you today. Uh, if you have your app on your phone or your Bible or or whatever you have, or if you just know the word so well that you know every scripture, you don't need to bring that. That's fine. Uh, Revelation chapter twenty-two is where we're going to look this morning. Revelation twenty-two and verse thirteen. Revelation twenty-two and verse thirteen. It says, "I am the Alpha and the Omega." The first and the last, the beginning and the end. And so, if you know Greek, you know that alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet and omega is the last letter. And of course, the beginning and the end, but uh, I prepared a special slide just for Mark because in, uh, in Canada, it's from A to Z, right? Am I right? A to Z. So... And I spelled it especially just for you, okay? Hey, all right. Uh, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Jeremiah 29 11 says this It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end, a future, a hope, an expected end. God has an end for you in mind. He he isn't just going to leave us here. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to spend the Holy Spirit to be your comforter, right? So he had a plan in mind. And he said, I'm not going to leave you on the earth forever, but I'm going to come and get you and take you, and I'm preparing a place for you. So God has an ending to the world. At some point, the world will end, and we're going to be met in the air by Jesus and all the saints are going to go to heaven. We're going to go to our mansions that God has been preparing for us. So there are times and seasons that God has. God is not just the God of beginnings. He's also the God of endings, okay? So we have to realize that. And on our journey of life, our journey is not just one long journey. It's a journey of starting and stopping things. Starting and stopping. Beginning and endings. Because if all we did our our entire life was never learn to read, never learn to have a job, never learn to do anything, then we would just stay stuck in one level. But God has levels and seasons and times for our lives. So there's beginnings and there's endings. And if you know how to end well, it gives you confidence for your journey and it opens up new beginnings if you know how to end well. But the problem is a lot of us are really good beginners I'm really good at starting things. Anybody else out there great at starting? Man, I start things so well. I begin them so well. I begin them like full of confidence. I'm going to do this thing. And in two days, you know, we have the beginning of the year. And so a lot of people are going to make New Year's expectations, New Year's resolutions. And they're going to paste them on Facebook and they're going to tell people about them. And then in about two weeks, you won't hear any more about them because they're already done, right? Uh, I've done that before. I'm I'm resembling this remark. So we, we all have started things. We all have begun things that we've never finished, never completed. But I want to tell you about what God wants for us and his best for us. So we're going to talk about that today. But most things in our lives have or they should have an expiration date. I mean, my milk has an expiration date. You wouldn't want to drink milk Three weeks after an expiration date, it would taste bad. It would probably be more like scooping up the milk, right? So it has an expiration date, a time limit, an end to it. And so uh, a job, you may have a job, you know, for 30 years, and then there comes a time where you're like, I'm done working, I want to retire. So that has an end to it. Uh, uh, how about a house remodel? I know the Deminks will say amen to that. And when a house remodel has an end to it, that's a good thing, right? And so things have beginnings, things have endings, and there's a season and a time and a purpose for all of these things. And so, uh, you know, how about uh, diapers to be in potty trained? We're almost done with the potty training. Thank the Lord, glory to God, and we can give the rest of our diapers to somebody else. But you know, there was a time where it was lots of diapers, and then for Abigail it stopped, and then for our son, lots of diapers. And now we're almost done with the diapers, but, you know, we're having other uh, fun parts of potty training a boy as opposed to a girl. It's a little different. Anybody that's raised kids knows that it's a little different raising a boy as compared to a girl when you're doing the potty training. Uh, so anyway, I won't say any more on that. But I'm not the only one who started things and not finished. So we're in good company. So it's Okay. I'm not here to put pressure on you and say, man, you're just not a finisher, you're just not a closer, you're just not an ender. I'm here to show you how you can take some things, some practical ways that you can take some things in your life that you had started and bring them to completion because it's going to give you confidence. It's going to grow. It's going to help you grow. It's going to help grow your, your, uh, your confidence in what you're doing and what you're doing in your life and, and your relationship with God will grow as well, so... I think the first thing you have to determine is what it is that I need to complete. What is that ending? What is the thing that needs to end in my life? What's the thing that needs to be completed? It could be one thing, it could be what's the season that's ending in my life? Is it, t- is it time for a new change, a new season? Is it time for a new house? Is it time for a new job? Is it time for a new car? There's a lot of things that, that it could be that you need to end something so that you can get something new. When we bought our house almost two years ago, we also had to sell a house to be able to move into another house. So we had to end our relationship with that house and begin a new one. So it's okay. There's, it's not a bad thing to move on to something else. It's not a bad thing to go on to a new beginning. But what is bad, what is detrimental, is if you can't determine what things need to end and what things need to begin. You've got to answer that question. It's one of the most important questions that you're going to ask yourself. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, and I love this in the Passion Version, it says, A person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the designs of his purpose will succeed in the end. I mean, that's a life verse right there. That's something that you got to take to heart, right? So we could preach about all the bad things that need to hand, end. And I'm not going to talk about that today. We all know things in our life that need to be completed. We all know things that we're doing that are wrong that need to end. We all know things and bad behaviors and bad uh, traits that we've picked up along the way that need to be finished. But I'll let you determine that on your own. What I'm going to talk about is some practical things from the Word on God things that need to end you know God gives you tasks for for a purpose and a season and a time and he asks you to complete things and it's for your own benefit but he asks he asks you to do things to complete them not just to begin them and so we've got to look at this this morning so we're going to talk about ending good things and God things well so let me ask you this if God asks you to do something would you do it even if nobody else knew that you were doing it? You know, if God asks you to do something, do you need to be on a stage and be rewarded to complete that thing? Or are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Yes, I will do it. Because a lot of times, uh, I've found in my own life even, that sometimes I like the, the, the applause, the praise of man, and it's taken me a long journey to realize that it's most important what God thinks about me rather than what other people think about me. And so you have to determine if you're going to decide what's going to end, am I going to be able to finish this thing even if nobody else in my life knows that I'm doing it? Even if I haven't posted anything to social media? Even if nobody, not even my family or friends, know that I'm doing it? Am I doing it for God or am I doing it for myself? Am I doing something to to bring glory and praise to Him because He asked me to do it or is it just something that I decided to do? So that's how we're going to sort these things. That's how I sort these things in my life. Is this a God thing or is it just a good thing? There's a preacher that has a really good book on that right now. Is it a God thing or is it just a good thing? We've got to determine the things that God wants us to do and the things that are just good things to do. And really hone in and decide, what are the God things that he told me to do? So let me talk about this for a second. In 2005, uh, all of a sudden I was just you know, praying and reading the Bible, and I felt like God said, write a book. Well, I've never written a book. I'd only written a couple articles for a couple magazines. I'd only done just a little bit of stuff. I was not an English major, but God told me to do it. He just, he, all he said was write a book. And so I did. I wrote that book, but it only took me about 11 years to complete it. <laughs> it's called Red Letter Ministry. Some of you have read it. And I, but I, I'm not bringing that up to say anything except this. God told me to write a book. He didn't tell me to publish it. He didn't tell me that I'm going to be famous. He didn't tell me that I'm going to make millions of dollars off of a book. All he said was just write a book. And so many times I would start and I would get all excited and I would start typing a few pages and then I would leave it alone and I wouldn't do anything with it. And it went on like this for years and years and years. Eleven years. That's a long time for God to tell you to do something and you don't do it. And he didn't even say it had to be good. (laughs) He didn't say any of that. He just said, write it. And I, I know exactly why he told me that because he knows that I'm a good beginner. I'm great at starting things and he said to write a book and to finish it that's all he wanted me to do was finish something to get something that he told me to do and just complete it it didn't matter whether it was good or not it didn't matter if anybody read it it was was a contract between me and the the Lord to write a book and my wife got so tired and so sick and tired of hearing me say I've got to work on this she said just finish it Just do it. Just write the book. If God told you to do it, then you better do it. Because I I would keep feeling stuck. I would keep feeling uh, stuck in, in different areas of my life. And I just always would go back to, well, he told me to write this, so I better get back to doing it. And so finally, after five years of trying to start a church here in San Diego... I had enough time after we left there. We came here, and I finally just said, you know what? This is the year. It's going to happen. I don't care. I'm going to sit down and write this. So I just started writing, and I sent it, and I had somebody proofread it, and I I got a cover, and I just said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to write this, and I'm just going to publish it. And that's what I did. I finally finished. And I'm not proud of the fact that it took 11 years, but I am proud of the fact that I finally stopped and just did something that God told me to do. And so it gave me confidence. It gave me encouragement. It's, it showed me that, hey, you can do this if you put your mind to it. You can accomplish these things. And so I want you to know that you can't move forward in your journey until like, you identify the things that are the what's that God has for you in your life. A lot of people are stuck because they keep starting, and they keep starting, and they never finish anything. I was that way. I'm still that way. I'm not, I haven't changed that much, okay, folks? Just because I wrote one book for, after 11 years, I have not changed that much. But I'm trying. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm growing every day in my relationship with God. So if you're going to move forward in your relationship with God, you, you, you don't need to identify 10 things that you need to finish. One. One thing. What is that one thing that God spoke to you? What is that one thing God wants you to do? What is that one thing that God wants you to complete and focus on one thing? Because you cannot focus on ten things at a time, at least if you're a man. A- any men in here? <laughs> I I cannot focus on ten things at one time. My, my wife says I'm a one-track mind, and that's 100% true. So you can't focus on a hundred things. You need to focus on one thing. That's how you're going to complete it. It's one bite of an elephant at a time that completes the whole elephant. You can't eat a whole elephant at one sitting. You can't complete a whole book in one sitting. I mean, maybe somebody is that prolific, but you can't do it. It takes working on it every day, pushing yourself a little bit more. And so, if God asked you to do something, would you do it even if no one knew? Uh, If you think about the people at the Olympics collecting their trophies, they didn't just walk up and just say, oh, I think I'm going to swim today. <laughs> it's not how it works. It was hundreds and thousands of hours in the pool, swimming, ma- making those muscles strong and long, learning from a coach, learning things you're doing wrong. And then, guess what? That, that, that time that you see, that world record time that they beat, that's not the first time they beat that time. I bet you they beat it in practice a 100 times. I bet you they've, they've won that trophy a thousand times in practice over and over and over again. But the first time that you and I see it is when they're on that medal stand after they've won their race because we see the fruit of all the work that they put in. And it was day by day. It was staying a little bit later than the other guy. It was getting up a little bit earlier than the other girl. It was pushing a little bit harder. And that's how they won their trophies. It's not like they just had this magical talent where they could just... One day you jump in the water and start swimming. It was hard, hard work. And so to grow in God, I'm not telling you that it's, it's just a labor. Because these people that are in the Olympics, they love doing what they do. They love doing what they do. We'll get that to that in just a second. But if you don't identify a what, what is something that I need to complete? If you don't identify the what. And you'll never get to the why. You'll never get to the how. You'll never move forward. You've got to identify what is it that God told me to do. If you look at Jonah's life in Jonah chapter 1, in Jonah chapter 1, look at what he says. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, what did he do? He arose and went to Tarshish and He left the presence of the Lord. He left the Lord's presence of all the things you could do. He decided to go the opposite direction. And we all know what happened. So he paid the fare. He went down to it and he left and went to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. If you're going to identify any what in your life, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to need the Lord's presence to complete it. If you're going to complete anything that God's told you to do, you're going to need His anointing to be with you. You're going to need Him to be there with you. You're going to need Him to give you strength, supernatural power to complete this thing. You're not going to win by leaving the presence of the Lord. And so you can't complete God's will if you run from it. God's like, living in the presence of God is like a giant scavenger hunt. Have you ever been on a scavenger hunt? It's like you go and you find a clue and then you, you win a little prize there and then you go and find your next clue. But with God's timetable, each clue keeps getting better and better. The, the further you go in his scavenger hunt, it's like life that he has given us is meant to be lived and lived well. We're not meant to, to walk through life just looking down at the ground. We're meant to have a better and better result throughout our life. We should be going from glory to glory, from glory to glory. It's a progression in God's timetable of getting better and better. And if you find yourself getting stuck in a rut, you've got to stop and say, am I missing the what that God told me to do? Am I missing the thing that He told me to do? And you better backpedal. You better backtrack and say, oh, what was that thing? When was the last time I had that real peace, that real joy in my life? When was the last time that I had that relationship with God in my quiet time? Find out what the last time was that you were at peace in your life and say, hey, did I make a detour? Did I get off the plan of God for my life? Did I go the wrong direction? Am I headed toward Tarshish when I should be headed the other way? You got to ask yourselves these questions. And this this is good. This is another good reason why you shouldn't be telling everybody around you what God's plan is exactly for your life. Because it's a, it's a personal battle, not battle, but it's a personal relationship you have with God. And it's, it's you battling yourself personally is what I mean to say. It's you battling yourself, battling your own will, battling your own emotions, battling your own desires and trying to beat them into submission to say, I want to do God's will, God's, I want to have God's emotions and God's desires on my side. I don't want to have Satan's. I don't want to have uh, the enemy's desires. I don't want to have my own. I want to make my will and my desires God's will and God's desires. And the only way you can do that is by constantly rechecking, reevaluating. Where am I at in my relationship with God? Where am I at in my walk with Him? And He wants you to walk the right way. So the, the, that's the first thing you should ask yourself is when should it end? And I like to look at it like this. I have a little... I have a little idea here this morning. Yeah, this is a piece of paper. Okay, just a simple piece of paper. So let me ask you this. Who here can walk through this piece of paper? I, it's definitely a little bit too small for me to walk through, right? But it's, it's how we look at things. A lot of times we look at things just face value. This piece of paper, how do I walk through this piece of paper? And we just look at it we say, there's no way you can walk through it. I asked my daughter last night, hey, Abigail, how can you walk through this piece of paper? She said, Daddy, I need a bigger piece of paper. It's too small. And she, she told me, you can't walk through this piece of paper. I said, it's because you're looking at it the wrong way. You're looking at it the wrong way. You've got to look at it through God's eyes. God doesn't see it this way. There's other ways to look at the paper. There's other ways to look at the paper. Look at this. If you think about it, that your life is like a journey. Your life is a journey and you start making paths going one way and you might start making paths going a little different way and you're walking down this road and down this road and pretty soon if you realize, if you look at the paper a little different way that all you have to do is look at it the way God sees it and you can walk through that paper. That's one piece of paper. It's just cut differently than the way we looked at it from the first start. Another thing to tell you is this, is that when God looks at something, a lot of times we look at beginning, right here, end. Okay? We look at it one way. We only see one way of looking at it. And we can't see, if it's folded, we can't see the end from the beginning. But the Bible says that God sees the end from the beginning. He's the, the God of of Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So he sees the end. And if we would just maybe look at things a little different way, then we'd have our ending right here from the beginning. And we'd say, that's a lot easier to get to now that I can see the end. But if we don't look at things through God's lens, if we don't use his eyeglass and see things the way he sees them, we're never going to see that. We've got to begin to see things the way God sees them rather than the way things are, or rather than the way things are right now. But rather, we need to look at things the way God wants them to be. Amen? We've got to say, this is a God thing, I'm going to go for it, and I can't wait till next week when Pastor John starts preaching on faith. And moving mountains and, and speaking to things because God has put that inside of us to be, uh, to be faith-filled people, to ask for big things, to expect great things from God, to expect that God's going to move in your life in the little things and the big things. We've got to expect that God's going to do it. And a lot of times we, we don't get the things we want from God because we don't expect Him to move on our behalf. How I would God move on my behalf? Why, why would Gideon say, it's just little old me. I'm just from this little tiny tribe and just this little tiny family. Why would God want to use me? But then he became one of the greatest leaders of Israel. Killed an entire army with 300 people with some, some clay pots and some, some torches. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's awesome. When you start to see things the way God sees them. When you start to see your life the way God sees it, it's a lot easier to complete things and to complete your task. But a lot of people are frustrated because they're looking for the new thing. They're looking for something new. And God says, why don't you do the thing I already asked you to do? It's, it's, it sounds easy. It sounds so simple. Oh, yeah, well, that is simple. I should just complete that. I mean, can you imagine going to college and saying, uh, I just want to get to the end. I don't want to do any classes in, the, in between time. I just want the, the last class. Can I just have the last class and then get my diploma? It doesn't work that, that way. Or I just, I'm just going to do the first three classes and then you give me my diploma. No, it doesn't work that way. Anybody that's in college or ever been to college understands that it's a lot of hard work. That's how you finish college. is a lot of hard work. And so I can promise you this, that you're, you're never going to have to wait on God. God is always waiting on you to get ready. So our next point is this. When should it end? Okay, If you know the what's, then you need to ask yourself when, because timing is everything. In God's economy, timing is so important. It's important that we know when to do things. Sometimes, you know, we want to do things in our timing, but God's watch is a little bit slower than our watch. God's watch is a lot slower than our watch, but He's always right on time. He's always right on time. And so in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, he sat on the Mount of Olives and his disciples came to him privately and they said, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And he spent the next two chapters sharing with them parables and telling them things to look for when they would know what, when the end would come. He wanted them to know the ending. God wants you to know the ending. God wants you to know the ending. But sometimes he can't trust us because if he tells us the next thing and we haven't done the last thing then we're going to jump ahead to that next thing before we finish this thing. Does that make sense? I know there's a lot of things in there, but... Glory to glory. That's right. He wants us to go from one thing to the next, but complete it and move on. Complete it and move on. It's not a series of beginnings. It's a series of beginnings, endings. Beginnings, endings. That's how you have to look at your life. I'm beginning a new chapter, but I'm going to complete it before I get to the next chapter. Otherwise, I might get stuck in this chapter for a really long time, and I don't want to do that. So you have to tell yourself, I'm going to listen for God's timing. He is always waiting on us to get ready. You know, the number one reason God doesn't give us His timing is because we're not ready yet. We haven't done the thing that He's asked us to do, me included. We're all guilty of this from time to time. But we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for what God wants for us in our lives if we're going to be able to move from glory to glory. Now, if you feel like you're ready, but you don't hear God say, it's time, then maybe there's another what that you're missing. Maybe you're missing something. Maybe you actually, accidentally started something and you didn't finish that other thing. God wants us to finish things because it's going to give us strength. I even read that psychologically, psychologically, if you will uh, plan a goal and not tell a soul about it, including your spouse, don't tell anybody, don't tell Uh, social media don't tell your friends don't announce it and you do that goal and you complete your goal that it's going to give you confidence to move on to something else but what happens a lot of times is it's actually medically proven that when you announce a goal that you get almost as excited and almost as much euphoria from announcing what you're going to do as you do from completing the goal and so you no longer need to finish the goal because you've already gotten your, your fix in your life. It's true. It's a medical fact. I'll find the article and give it to you if you, if you want to see it. But I want you to know that it's, it's not only a medical fact, it's a biblical thing. A lot of times God says He wants to show us the secret things. The things that he can't just share with everybody because everybody couldn't handle them. He wants to share secret things with you. But a lot of times we would just go and blab all those secret things so they wouldn't be a secret anymore. God wants to share things about your life and about him that he wants to do in you and through you. But he has to be able to trust you. So you have to be able to do the timing. You have to be able to, to know when things are supposed to happen in your life. I like this little uh, thing on timing Uh, A little kid asked God, hey, God, how long is a million years to you? And he said, well, it's just a minute. And then he said, well, God, how much is a million dollars to you? And he said, well, it's just a penny. And so he said, well, God, can I have a penny? And God said, well, in just a minute. (laughs) So timing, we're talking about timing. Uh, I want you to see what it says in... 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, it, in the very first part of this verse, it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. I had one of my uh, professors at Rhema at my Bible college, he would, he would say this all the time. He would say, I, I would always have a sermon all ready and prepared in my Bible just in case my pastor ever needed me to come up and preach something. I would have a sermon in there. That way I'd be ready in season and out of season. And it's true. If somebody came up to you on the street and they needed a sermon on how to get saved, would you know what to tell them right now? If somebody at work came up to you and and needed knowledge about a computer, would you know how to tell them what to do? If you know more about how to tell somebody at work about a computer problem than you do about how to tell somebody the simple message of Jesus Christ and how he loves you, then you've got some work to do. You've got to know the things of the Spirit if you're going to do some God things. If you're going to be able to move forward in your life and your walk with God, you've got to know the Word. You've got to be ready in season and out of season. You've got to have the readiness so that you can be ready for the when. Because if you have the what, but you're not ready for the when, oh, oh shoot, is it right now? Uh, I've, I've got to get, I'm not ready, God. <laughs> Have you ever been in that situation? Have you ever been in the situation where it's like, it seemed like God wanted to move and do something right then, but you weren't quite prepared for it? We've got to get prepared. We've got to know our what, and we've, then we've got to know our when. The last thing we've got to know is why it should end. Now, there's a, there's a guy named Simon Sinek that is, has got a TED Talk, and it's got 40, 40 million plus views on YouTube. And it's a very simple 20-minute topic where he taught on knowing the why. Why is it important? Why do we exist as a corporation? I don't know if he's a Christian or not. I, just, I watched his talk. It was really good. But I don't know, you know much about him, but I do know that a lot of people like this guy. And here's one of the things he said. He said, start with the why. He said, what good is it having a belly if there's no fire in it? Wake up, drink your passion, light a match and get to work. You know, a lot of times we, we just trudge through life with no passion, no desire. It's like, well, I've got to go to work another day. I've got to do another thing. And now it's just a trudge. Life is not a treasury. Life is, you know, he, he designed the, the Garden of Eden. And he designed it for us to commune with him and walk with him in the cool of the day. And to spend time with him. And to enjoy our time on the earth. It was Satan. It was the, it was the devil. And then it was sin that separated us from God. But God, His desire, His greatest desire has always been to bring us back into a close relationship with Himself. And you're not going to get there if you don't know, why am I doing what, am I, what I'm doing? We've got to know the why. You've got to have a fire in your belly. You know, a lot of, And guess what? God doesn't need to know why. He already knows why. Has, has anybody, let me explain that. Has anybody here ever asked your kids to clean their room and then they said, Why? And what was your answer? Because I said so. You don't need a reason. You figure it out. You figure out the reason. I've got my own reason. Now you figure it out. God gives us what? He gives us timing. He tells us be ready. But then he, he expects us to figure out the why. That's our job. Our job is to come up with why we're supposed to do what we're supposed to do. God has already given you all the tools that you need. God has already said, I want you to do this. And you say, why, God? And he's silent. And he's silent because he wants you to come up with a why. He wants you to know why. He's already told you why. It's in the Word of God. It's very simple. He, he's told you why. Because I want you to prosper and have good success. Because I want you to make your way prosperous. Because I don't want any evil thing to befall you on your journey. He's given you the why. Now you've got to come up with it and understand it for yourself. You've got to have a reason why. Another way to say this is also, if you're going to talk about endings, why should it continue? Why should I complete it? Why should it continue? There's some God things that that sometimes we push on because it's a good thing, but it's no longer what god's perfect will is for our life we could we could have things in our life that are good, you know we could you know waking up at five a m every morning to have my devotional, but even a five a m rigid devotional time can turn into a treasury if you start looking at it as a ritual rather than a relationship so you got to change things sometimes you've got to say well am i doing this just because it's a good thing to do or is am i doing it because uh you know god wants me to wake up at 5 a.m and do maybe he wants you to do your devotion at 11 p.m maybe you're more awake then i don't know what your why is it doesn't matter what it is but you got to understand it for yourself You'll grow weary in, in well-doing if you don't care about what your why is. Look at uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. It says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we'll reap if we do not lose heart, if we don't faint, if we don't give up, if we don't stop too soon. We're going to get to our goal if we don't lose heart. So most people keep pictures at their desk of their family members. I do. I have you know, my wife and my kids. Why do I do that? And so I know, why, why do I go to work every day? Why do I work hard? What am I working for? Am I just here to collect a paycheck? Oh, I'm trying to provide a life for my kids, my family. I try to make sure that they have a house so, and they have a roof over their, over their heads. They have food in their belly. And that they get to do all the things they want to do in life. And I work hard at work. But when I leave work, I try to make my off time my off time, and relax and enjoy them. But when I'm there, I need a motivation. I need a reason. And you, you need a reason. You need a, a, a reason why you get up every day. If it's just a paycheck, you're going to give up and you're going to want to quit. But if it's for something more, and I'm talking about something natural, but now let's think about if it's supernatural. If it's something God wants me to do. If it's something God wants me to complete, won't He have a, a, a great ending to it? I mean, everybody thought Jesus was crazy when he went to the cross, but the ending was that he got up out of the grave and he saved us from our sins. A lot of times people around you won't understand why you're doing something, but if you understand it, you'll be able to get through life. You'll be able to accomplish the things God's told you to do. So we have to understand that. So let me tell you this. Why, what has God challenged you to complete? What is it? What is the thing that God wants you to do? When is it? When is the timing? You know, think about this too. I, I, I want to back, back up for a second. When the shepherds came to Mary, because this, this, I thought about this verse. When the shepherds came to Mary, she pondered these things in her heart when she saw them bringing the gifts. When she saw them bringing uh, praise and kneeling down. When she heard that the angels had come. She pondered, she put those things in her heart. She didn't walk around going, that's my baby. I'm the mother of Jesus Christ. No, she pondered them in her heart. She savored them. She said, wow, God, I'm, I'm the privileged one to be able to be here. She didn't go out announcing it to everybody. There's some things that God gives you that need to be silent, that need to be kept in your heart. And so, let's end here. When, when is the right timing? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Okay? If you can answer the, those three questions, then, trust me, the hows will take care of themselves. The, the, uh, the where's will take care of themselves. If you know God's called you to preach the gospel, the how, the when, the where, all that's going to take, take its own course. Because God will bring all that into place if you're ready. If you know what it is, you know when it is, and you know why you're doing it. Amen? That's all I have for you this morning. Thank you. See, beginning, and hopefully they were close enough together so I could come back again.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Appreciate your hard work. Great preparation. So, let's do this right now. I want you to Just ask the Holy Spirit what the what is. Because next week, we're going to put faith into the what. If it's a God what, you're going to need faith. You can do it on your own, just do it. But if it's a God what, you're going to need faith. Because it will be beyond you. So let's just get quiet with the Holy Spirit for a moment, okay? And just say, God, what is your what? As Jesse said, one thing, what is the what? Just get quiet and listen for a moment. Okay, now ask the Lord sincerely, commit to him and say, Lord, next year, which starts in a few days, I want to finish this. I want to knock this out. Now ask him for the faith. Ask him for the supernatural provision. And now get a jump start on it. And don't wait for the new year. You can start today. Amen.